Have you been blessed? Amen. amen. If the journey has been a little while, if it's been a long while, I think we all can say amen to that, that we've all been blessed. I thank the Lord for it. I think so many times, and I think as we get older, we realize a little bit more how blessed we've been throughout the years. Sometimes when we're younger, we think, you know, why is this not falling in place? Why is this not happening? But I think as we get older, we look back. We have a long ways to look back when you're older, and you're able to see how that he was taking care of us. And he'll take care of us in the future, too. Amen. I don't care what they say on CNN or Fox News or the rest of them. I know he's still going to take care of us. Amen. Don't you worry. You'll be all right. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, I need somebody. I need somebody. It's the time of my message, and I think you see it here. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you again for this time this morning in this place that we can meet together. Thank you for bringing us together like this. Lord, I pray, help me as I preach. Help us as we listen. And Lord, if there's somebody in this room that's not sure of salvation, may this be the day that they get saved. I pray, Father, that we would look at this message and burden us to tell others what we're about to see and what we're about to hear. Father, bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Bible tells us here in the book of Job something I think so vitally important that um, God gave us about Job. The book, the book of Job, they tell us, is the oldest book in the Bible. And um, this happened a long, long time ago. And, and probably most of us are, are familiar with the story of, of Job. And uh, we know that how that God called him in the first chapter. He called him a perfect man. And that's interesting there. Uh, it doesn't mean that he never sinned. But uh, it just gives a good uh, idea of what kind of a man that he was, that he was right with God. He was a righteous man. And uh, the Bible, we talked in our Sunday school lesson a few moments ago about uh, uh, John writing to Gaius and, and uh, was so thrilled. He said, I, I, I want you to be as healthy physically as you are spiritually. And that's something. To be, he had great health when it came to spiritual things, but his body he had a lot of problems with. Job, we find out here that Job was a great man. He, Job was a man who loved God. And yet God allowed something to happen. Satan came to God and said, you know, you're just protecting him because you have a hedge about him. And God allowed some things to happen in Job's life. He said, preacher, I don't understand it. Well, you know, I don't understand everything either. And we won't. I believe we'll understand things better when we get to heaven. But we don't understand everything. But I'm, I know this, God never makes a mistake. And so I look at the life of Job and I find, you know, God said he was a perfect man. God said, God tells us about all that he had. And boy, he was blessed. You know, he could have sang the song with the folks up here this morning. Uh, I praise God for how blessed he was. He had so many. He had 10 kids. That's blessing. You're all looking like, oh, my. You know, and, and uh, I, I had 10 kids. Can you imagine? how? That's a blessing to have children, isn't it? I mean, I thank the Lord for our kids. I'm really thankful they got married and moved away. But I'm thankful for children. Boy, what a blessing. I can imagine him looking at his family and thinking, how great this is. You know, the times they get together. He had, he had, he had many oxen and, and sheep and, and, and all kinds of animals there. And he had buildings. And, and I mean, this guy was just so blessed so much. And then we find the next moment he's sitting in an ash heap. He's got boils on his body, sitting there scraping 
with the pots are scraping his body to try to bring some relief. Covered in these boils. And then what happens, his wife comes up to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? He'd lost everything. His cattle were gone, his sheep were gone, every, every, every animal that he had was all gone, his buildings had been blown down, I mean, it was just a mess, and, and things were not going well for him, and then what happened, some friends came by. Now, it's interesting about these friends. They came, and, 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 and I, you know, I really didn't think about it for a long time, but they came there, and they were there for seven days and seven nights, and you know what they said? Nothing. You know, sometimes you, you ever get to this place where you just don't know what to say when a burden happens. You know, I've gone to homes where they have they call me and they, you know, have to go someone's passed away or they're dying. And I've been there at the bedside and it's been honestly, there's been some times I just didn't know what to say, but I just wanted to be there. And these men, I have to give them credit for this part. They were there seven days and seven nights and didn't say a word. I'm sure they looked, they saw what had happened to Job and thought, my, what a sad situation. I'm sure they felt for him. But then later on, they began to try to figure things out. And, you know, we're not too good at figuring things out about other people sometimes. But they tried, and they got it wrong. We find that what Job is wondering about here is verse 1 and 2. I had you read, read it there a moment ago. And Job answered and said, as, as Bildad had just given some things about his idea of what was going on, and Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? He said, how, 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 can, how can I be just with God? How can things be right between me and God? He didn't know how this could happen. I have to be honest with you this morning. I don't understand God all the time. I don't know why some things happen the way they do, but I know that he's God, and I don't question it. I just don't understand. I don't know sometimes why God allows things to happen in our lives. I don't have the answer, and, and you may not have the answer either, but I, my faith is still in God, and I know he knows what he's doing. But I have to say I don't understand everything. I don't understand how God is even allowing the United States of America to go on in the direction she's going. But I know he's God. I know he's still on the throne. He's as powerful as ever. But I, I, I can't understand God. But then I think about, you know, that God is so different than us. God never sinned. Isn't that wonderful? He never sinned. God is not like you and I. And I know we, we're going to talk about Jesus here in a moment. But I look and I think of me as man, as mortal man, how that we are. And then I try to understand God and how that God, who he is. It's hard for my little puny mind to wrap around that and understand it. I think what Job was saying here and what we say sometimes too is that what I need is someone that understands me. And I need somebody who understands God. I think this is what Job was saying here. If I just had someone that understand, because his friends came and they go, well, you know, I think, you know, this is your problem here. You know, you, you have this problem. You're, you're a hypocrite, he had just been called. He said, if I just had someone who understood me, 
if I had somebody that understood God and helped bring us together here. That was his desire to know God. I think he could say, he could say, you know, how can I have, how can I be brought God, brought to God? That's why he said, verse number two, he says, but how should man be just with God? I believe Job here, this great man, great Christian man, if you will, saying, you know, his life was right. God was saying, but he says, I, I just, I need to be just with God. How can I? Because he's God and I'm man. I'm sinful man. Now, thank the Lord he's able to save us, but we still sin. But think about it. We were lost on our way to hell, and yet God made a way for us to spend eternity in heaven. Job wanted someone. And what he called it was, look back to verse 32 and 33 again. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him. And we should come together in judgment, neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us. Notice this, both. Daysman. Interesting word there. There needs to be a daysman, somebody that would come between God and and man. And so Job is, you can understand in, in, in how he must have been out of sorts in his mind thinking, my children are all dead. My, 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 all the possessions that I had are gone. And now my health is in shatters with all these boils. And then his wife came and said, why don't you just curse God and die? And I'm thinking, you know what? Could there have been somebody? And I would think that somebody should have been his wife. He would have said, honey, just trust God. But she tells him to curse God and die. Boy, thank the Lord for a wife that sticks with you, amen? Thick and thin with you, encourage you. I thank the Lord for my wife so much. And and uh, I just, I don't know why she puts up with me the way she does. But then, of course, you understand because you know how wonderful I am. <laughs> but I thank the Lord for the encouragement through the years. Poor old Job. I mean, you think somebody, you would think his wife would come by and say, honey, you know, I love you. You know, that would have been a nice thing. You know, he's sitting there, he's scraping his body. And she says, honey, you know, I love you. I'm sure that would have thrilled his heart. Honey, don't you worry. God's on the throne, but that's not what can. Why don't you just curse God and die? And this man, it was like he was being kicked while he was down. And then his friends finally break their silence. They begin to say what they think is wrong. And as we find Bildad in chapter number eight began to tell him, he says, you know what I think? I think you're a hypocrite. Now, he wasn't a hypocrite. God already told us in chapter one what kind of man he was. But it's amazing how sometimes people get in their mind, well, I know why this happened. I know what's behind this. You don't know. We don't read minds. But God does. He understands. And Job's so frustrated. I lost everything. And my wife, she's not even for me here. She's wanting me to curse God and die. And my friends have come, and now they've opened up their mouths. I think, I'm think thankful for the presence and their concern for me, but... Then they open their mouth and they say these awful things about me. And that's not right. He's so frustrated. And he says, I tried talking to God. I tried talking to God, but it seemed like I just couldn't get through. You may be sitting here this morning and say, he said, Preacher, you know, sometimes I feel that same way. We pray and it seems like this, 
The ceiling is, 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 is metal and we can't get through it. We pray and say, God, help me. I don't know what to do. And it seems like the answer doesn't come. That's what was happening to Job. So I'm trying to talk to God, but I can't get through, it seems like. See, well, there's just no way we can't have any conversation together. And, 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 and God, I, I, and I believe that Job was thinking, you know what? God doesn't understand because I know God is great and, and I'm an old sinner and I have gone through all these things. And God doesn't, I don't think God understands what I'm going through. And I don't even understand God. He needed somebody. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. God already had a plan in it ready to go. And that plan was for his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth. To be what he was asking for, a daysman. Somebody to bring them together. And God had a plan, and that plan was Jesus, who was God in the flesh. Where God knows God, because he is God. And he became flesh, and now he knows man. That's a wonderful thought. Wonderful thought. You know, when you think about it, let this sink in for a moment. In Jesus, we have someone who understands us. You know, sometimes don't we feel that way? Because nobody understands me. There probably is. But Jesus understands you. Jesus, in Jesus, we have somebody who's, who's, who's been where we're at. We're walking this whole earth, you and I, every day. But what happened way back yonder? Jesus left the glories of heaven, born of a virgin, and was born, and walked the very same earth we walk on today. He's been where we're at. He knows how we feel. He knows what it is to be forsaken. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. We think about some of the disciples that forsook him. Think about, he knew what it was when all the disciples, after the resurrection, they all went back fishing again. They weren't going to serve anymore. Thank the Lord they did, finally. But he knew what it was to be forsaken. He knew. He understood. He knows the heartache. Of rejection. They didn't want anything to do with them. And so the Lord looks down this morning from heaven and says to every one of us in this room, I know you and I understand you. You know, you may be hard pressed to find somebody who understands what you're going through, but there is a Savior, Jesus Christ, who understands what you're going through. I may not, you know, I've not walked in your shoes. You've not walked in my shoes, but I know this, our Lord has walked in our shoes. And he knows. Jesus walked this same earth. He shed tears like we do. You know, that one verse that you want to memorize. You say, I'm going to memorize a verse in the Bible. And you'd memorize the verse, Jesus wept. That's an easy one, isn't it? But I think about... Jesus wept. He got tired and weary, like we do. Went there to Samaria, and the Bible tells us there in the book of John, I believe there where he says about that he was weary 
He gets tired. He got tired. So when you think, I'm so tired. Lord, you just don't understand. The Lord says, I understand. I was weary too. I was tired. He cried. He shed tears. He felt pain like we feel. Those were real nails they put through his hands and feet. It was real stripes of the cat and nine tails that cut his back. He knew pain. He understands. Our Savior does. We have somebody in Jesus who can reach down to the deepest depth and touch us. Who yet can touch the Father. Where the voice came from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, the one that touched the Father and touches you and I as old sinners. This morning, we don't have to say what Job said. We don't have to say, oh, if I had a daysman. Praise the Lord, we have a daysman. We have Jesus, who's able to take us, old sinners, and bring us to the Lord himself, to God himself. We have a daysman. But we need to understand something. A daysman is available. But one day an indictment was brought down. If we could go back to the time of Sinai, Mount Sinai there, that God gave the law. And the law was not something that we could keep. The law, I think one way to, to, to explain it is this. The law of God was a mirror of us for us to look into. Where we can look and see the flaws. I hear people sometimes say, well, if I can keep the Ten Commandments, nobody ever has. We've broken it. The Ten Commandments, you cannot keep them to go to heaven. They're to show us the need that we have. I need somebody. I need a Savior. God handed down that eternal law showing man how man really is. The law showed us the lost condition that we are in. When I look at the law, I find out something I don't, I'm not too pleased about, but I find this out, that I'm guilty. I've watched trials before, and I've seen defendants stand up. And the judge says, jury, have you come to conclusion? And they say, yes, we have. What's your verdict? And we've all seen this happen before, and all of a sudden, they read it off in the count of murder in the first degree. We, the jury, find you guilty. Me watching that makes my heart almost skip. I think, to hear the verdict. And yet the verdict from God is guilty. We've sinned. I find so many people I talk to out so many who say, well, you know, I think I'm going to heaven because I'm really good. No, don't you understand? God said we're guilty. We wouldn't have that flippant attitude if we understood where we really were. We're all sinners. Our children, I, I tell people out so many, so many times, I never had to teach my children to do wrong. I always have to teach them to do right. You say, why don't you have to teach them to do wrong? Because inherently we're sinners. 
We got it from Adam and Eve. We're inherently sinners. We grow up, and, and, and it doesn't take long from the womb. And what happens? We are, we are so miserable. We're so sinful. And, 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 and here we, we're thinking about this. Here we are, awful, wicked sinners, and here is God who is perfect. How do I get to God? How do I get to him? I need somebody. And I find that as I look to the law, the verdict is that I'm guilty. The man says, God, I need you to help me here because I've sinned. Let me use a little illustration. Boys, would you help me? All right, one of you stand over here, one right there. All right. This, this kind of picture in your mind. Will you be the sinner? This is the easiest one, all right? <laughs> He's the sinner. You want to hear God. And you want to get to God. Which is a problem. There's a great goal fixed here. And he knows he's a sinner, but he also knows this. I want to get to God. And he looks, and I, 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 I think about what, with the story here. He, he says, I, I, God, I, I, I want you. And, and, and he looks at him and says, I want to live in heaven with you. But there's that problem, sin. God over here says, I cannot have sin with me. God's perfect. God's holy. God's just. And God cannot have sin with him. And then you and I, as his sinners, we have that. And yet, what happens? He has the right desire. I want to go to heaven. Most people I talk to out soul winning want to go to heaven. Very few that I've ever found said they want to go to hell, and I think they're really lying about it. But they say they want to go to heaven. But most people want to go to heaven, but they don't know how to go to heaven, but they're coming up with all kinds of reasons why they think they can I believe there's people today, they'll go to churches and they'll do all kinds of sacrifices. Why? Because the sinner wants to go and be with God someday. The desire's there. And the thing is, if we went to God and said, God, there's an old sinner over here, and he wants to come and live with you. Do you want him to live with you? Yes. God wants him to come live with him. Well, God, he wants to come and live with you, but he's got sin. Will that be okay? No. We've got a problem. He's got the right desire. He knows who God is. But there's a problem. Just have a seat right there for a few minutes, all right? I'll have you do something here. And again, you'll have to really behave now because your parents are looking at you. But you see what God does? God looks and says, I know who you are. God says, I made you with my own hands. I, 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 I want you to come and live with me in heaven, but my justice won't allow that. My perfection won't allow that. My holiness won't allow that sin. And my righteousness won't allow it. And all those things are true about God. God is holy and God is righteous and God is perfect. Man's a sinner. How can we get them together? 
That's what Job was wondering. We are sinners and God is holy. But God's righteousness must be satisfied. Something has got to happen. Something's got to satisfy God. Some try to find something to come between them and God. They'll say this. They'll stand up again. You try to do good things, don't you? You try as best you can to do good things. Hey, God, he's doing really good things. Will that work? No. Won't work. He's trying. You say that's not fair. No, no, no. God's perfect. God's just. He's righteous. He wants him to come and live with him. He says, but I've been a, I've been a good parent. I've raised my kids for the Lord. Is that good enough? No. It won't work. But I, I, I've treated my family right, and I, 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 I went to church. Is that good enough? doesn't satisfy the righteousness of God. All those good things that so many people say they do to go to heaven, God says, no, because he's holy and righteous. God, you love him, don't you? Then, then let him just come to heaven with you. But there's a problem. The problem is what? Sin. The problem is your sin. He has the right desire. God has the right desire. But there's a big difference between them. And something's got to happen. God's holiness and righteousness must be met. So somehow we got to figure out how to make the sinner fit for a holy and a righteous God. Guys, go ahead and have a seat again. No, no, back here. You're not done yet. I'm not paying big bucks for nothing. What did Job understand he needed? A daysman. He said, if we had a daysman of somebody come between the sinner and God and bring them together. But the thing would be that the daysman would have to have the right qualifications. Let me illustrate it with this. Here's a beggar and a rich man, and they have a problem between the two of them. And they can't figure out what to do. And so they say, you know what? We need someone to bring us together. And the beggar says, I know. I know another beggar down the street. I'll get him, and he will be the go-between. The rich man says, oh, no, you don't. I know another rich man, and he can go between us. And the beggar says, oh, no. And we're at a stalemate. But then all of a sudden, they say this, hey, let's find a beggar that got a job, worked real hard, and now's a rich man. He'll understand us. And then you have someone to go between them. We need somebody that understands what it was to walk on this earth. 
We need somebody to understand the things that we go through. Our daysman, Jesus Christ. That's what happened for us. We're lost sinners and our sin must be paid for. And Jesus was able to pay for our sins because he never sinned. Come on up here again. He's a sinner, that's the problem. So we've got to figure out how to have these sins taken care of. Seth, you want to come here? You stand right behind me here, all right? So here, here's, what, here's what we've got to do. We've got to find somebody that's going to be able to do it. Now stand with God. All right. We got this backwards, but you're the son, you're the father, all right? But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't get used to it. But God says, I want this sinner to come and live with me. But something's got to be done about the sin. And so God has the idea, says this, I will send my son to go down there where that sinner lives. And he came over here where the sinner lives. He came to man on this earth. And he went and he lived a perfect life. But he wept like he wept. He walked where this man had been walking. He had had the same feeling of rejection that this man has had rejection. But he never sinned. And God has to have sin paid for. So he went to the cross of Calvary. And there on that cross, they nailed him to that cross. And he died. And he was buried in the tomb. But praise the Lord, three days and three nights. What happened? Up from the grave he arose. Arise, son. Amen. The son of God, Jesus Christ, arose. He shed his blood. He ascended back to heaven with his blood. And he takes that blood. That blood is, I believe, put on the mercy seat there in heaven. And now, God, are you, are you happy with the sacrifice that he made? Yes. You accept that blood as the payment for his sins? Yes. Yes, he has done it. He did what was needed there. The Father sent the Son, Jesus Christ. I think we all believe this morning, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. God says one way to be saved. Sir, do you want to go to heaven? Then he needs to do this. Trust the Son. Trust the Son. Now here's the thing. The son says, well, I'll have the priest come up here with me. He's going to be getting married, so we've got to get him used to coming up here. All right, you stand right there. He's the priest. And the priest says to him, here, take this holy Eucharist. Give them give the holy bread. Okay. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> Chew it up. Swallow it. All right. Father, did you see what happened? Yes. Will, will that work? No. It won't work. Sprinkle them. 
He got baptized when he was a little baby, but he's a big baby now. But uh, you know, he he got baptized. Will that work? could pick up a piece of paper and say, wow, that's your baptismal certificate. You got baptized in a Baptist church, didn't you? Dunked in the water right there, didn't you? Offered to God. Hey, God, baptismal certificate, will that work? No. Well, with baptism comes church membership, too. Would Would that work? worthless piece of paper folks that's exactly right it doesn't work he tried that and 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 and, and he said you know I, I i tried a lot of you tried doing good things right like he would he would walk down and say to mrs biter you look nice tonight today Don't think he meant it. <laughs> kind of hard for a teenage boy to look at it. Never mind. <laughs> I wasn't thinking before I was going to speak there. Hey, man. She looks good to me. You look nice today, honey. Your taste is all in your mouth. First thing. He was nice to the lady down there. Will that work? No. Well, how about this? Why don't you turn over a new leaf? Saying, you know, I know you've been kind of rough. And so he decides he's, he's going to be nice. He's going to be nice to the children at home. He's not going to kick the dog anymore. He's going to not beat on his wife. Why, he is even going to start going to church. Well, you're turning over a new leaf, aren't you? You're a new man. We thank God. No. Still doesn't work. And neither does your good works. Neither does your baptism, no matter what denomination it is, it does not work. Your church membership does not work. Those things will not take you to heaven. God made one way for salvation. There was a, that's what Job was saying. I don't understand God. I, I, I can't get it. And God, it seemed like God doesn't understand me. No, God has not been on this earth like he is on this earth. But God sent his son to this earth. Died for sins. So God, the only way to heaven is through your son, right? Sir, I found out the only way to heaven is through God's son. You're going to have to forget about your membership. You're going to have to forget about your baptism. You're going to have to trust the son. Will you trust him as your savior? He will. God, will that do? Yes. That'll do. So here it is. You ready? God puts one hand on his shoulder and brings him over here and brings and puts the other hand on God's shoulder. And now he is his. Because there's a difference. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, I got goosebumps right now. I really do. I got goosebumps to think what God is able. Thank you, fellas. You may be go back to your seats now. Did a good job.
I thought, you know what, the, old, the Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for that. And, and God says, yes, I, I accept that payment for the sins of mankind, the, sin, the payment that my son did on the cross of Calvary. You think about how awful it was when our father, what happens? He looked there when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary and, and he, looked, he looked there and he turned his back. Remember Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because Jesus bore the sins of every man and woman and boy and girl and, and bore the sins of all of us so we can be saved. I don't have to be like Job and say, I need a daysman. I met the daysman, my savior. I need somebody. And I found somebody in Jesus. There's something how that our savior could reach down to the miry clay and latch on an old sinner and make him fit for heaven. I had a man yesterday said, well, I think I'd go to heaven because I've been trying to do all the right things. My friend, God says no, no, no to everything you can come up with. You see, you're really narrow. No, God is. He's God. He made one way. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you accepted that one way? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? To save your soul. Say, preacher, I just grew up in a Christian home. God, will that work? No. Well, I I went to a Christian school. That doesn't do it either. Well, I I, I got baptized in a Baptist church. That doesn't work. I'm a member. I've been good to people. I worked out the rest home and and helped those old people. And I I helped the little little children in the nursery. And all those things are good things to do, but they will never take you to heaven. You say, preacher, why do you preach this? Because we need to make sure we're saved. How many folks I come in contact with, it seems like every week, who say, I think I'm good enough. I think I'll make it. They give me all the excuses. But I found out something, ladies and gentlemen. God says no. One daysman. Job said, for he's not a man as I am, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. You saw by way of example here an illustration this morning when Seth being Jesus and the sinner and God and brings them together. Do you, do you know that the gospel is good news for you and I? But I never really thought about it this way until I was preparing this message. It's good news to God, too. <laughs> because God wants us to come to heaven. And God says, I've got good news. My son died for you. Have you put your faith and trust in Christ? You say, preacher, I have done that. I know that I'm saved. Well, praise the Lord. Then, hey, why don't you start telling other people about it? 
Show them, because I'm telling you what, it's, you don't have to go far to find somebody that was trying everything that the sinner up here was throwing at God, saying my membership, my baptism, my Eucharist, all these different things he was throwing at God, where God said, no, you won't have a hard time finding folks that believe those things, for they need to know the way of salvation is Jesus Christ. It's a simple plan. And Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Thank the Lord for that precious blood that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus alone. Jesus only. The acceptable sacrifice for our sin. Are you saved this morning? I hope you are. If not, now's the time to be saved. Father, we thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the plan of salvation. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you tucked way back here in the Bible in the book of Job. We find something I think helps us understand salvation very clearly today. We thank you for loving us, wanting us to be with you. I can't, I can't even comprehend that a holy, righteous God would want an old sinner to come and live with them. But then we realize that you love that sinner, but the sin's got to be taken care of. And it was on the cross of Calvary. It was nailed to that old rugged cross. It was washed away by that blood that was spilled there. Thank you so much for it. Thank you for a way of salvation. Uh, his bowed, her eyes closed this morning. I wonder if you died today. Do you know for sure you go to heaven? If I ask you, if I walked up to you right now and said, why do you think God should let you into heaven? If you start coming up with a whole bunch of things you've done, I'm telling you right now, God says no. But if you can say, I put my faith and trust in his son. In what Jesus did for me, he paid for my sins. I'm trusting that. I'm accepting him. God already accepted him. God is saying, I want you to accept him. God said, I accepted his payment for your sins. Now will you accept him to pay for your sins? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who said, Preacher, honestly, I just don't know. I just don't know I'm going to heaven. But I understand what you were saying this morning, and I want to trust Jesus as my Savior. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, that's me. That's me. I'm not sure, but I'd like to be sure. I trust that you know the Lord's your Savior. No one raised their hand. I hope and tr I trust, but I'll be honest with you. I sat in church for years and never raised my hand, and I was lost. I hope you really know Christ. I'll say this. I don't know how I can make it any plainer this morning. I said it. We showed you with these fellows up here. If you're not sure, you come in a moment. We're going to have an invitation. You come. You need to get my attention. We'll show you how to be saved. Maybe God spoke to your heart about something. Maybe God put on your heart somebody. You can give this to the things you learned today. Understand, folks, we got the answer. It's Jesus. Share the answer. Maybe you need to pray about something else. I don't know what it might be, but the altar will be open. You do what God says. Heavenly Father, bless now this invitation. I pray your will be done. And Lord, I pray that nobody would walk out of here without knowing you as their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.